Hey y'all, welcome to the 11th Hour God Podcast, where we share testimony of how God is working in people's lives. We call this podcast the 11th Hour God, not because he shows up in the 11th hour, it's because we tend to see him in our 11th hour when we've finally given it all to him and are at our breaking point. I'm Jake. And I'm Kenny. Thank you for joining us today. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, I am so excited that I still get to talk to some of our absolute best friends today. Um, We are back with Brandy and Kaina Lee and last week's episode, Brandy shared her testimony and we stopped at the part where Kaina was going to begin sharing his testimony. Um, So today we want to continue with that. So if you did not listen to last week's episode, please stop right here and go to last week's episode and listen to that first and then y'all can continue on to this episode. I promise you, you don't want to skip last week's if you're going to listen to this week. Yeah, definitely check out last week's first. Kind of, we'd love to hear your story and how you came into your faith and how you and Brandy met. Um, I was raised in Kona, but I have a little bit different background than Brandy. I was raised in the church. Um, in our town, there's this church called Mokoaikawa, and it's the oldest Christian church in the state of Hawaii. But it's super, um, it's the word Protestant or... Yeah, I guess so. So it's it's old school church, and you go there, and you just listen to the pastor read the Bible to you, and it's a really fun church to be raised in. But, um, but still active today. Yes, like still active still today. Holding services. Yes. And yeah, yeah. Amazing, still amazing. Uh, restoration of that church is happening right now, and revival in that church. So it's super pumped. But while I was there growing up, it was a place where I really didn't want to be. I was kind of forced to by my, my father who took us to church. We'd go there and I would just listen to pastor read scripture and, you know, nod off and get my ear pulled by my dad, you know, waking up. But I never, I knew who God was. I knew his son, Jesus died on the cross for us. I knew the Holy spirit or the way I was raised, the Holy ghost, which is kind of freaky. I always thought there was a ghost in the room somewhere. Right. right. <laughs> so it kind of freaked me out, but I knew these stories, but to me, that's all they were, were stories. You know, I know we weren't, I wasn't taught relationship. I wasn't taught that I could talk to the father. I could talk to Jesus, that the Holy spirit was my helper to be there for me. So I just was strictly book knowledge. So, yeah. So, I would say I was raised Christian, but I wouldn't say I was a Christian, you know, if that makes any sense. But yeah, nevertheless, I was born in this church, um, raised in it through my whole life. But when I was about 10 to 12 years old, I had started having experiences where I started doubting if any of it was true or not. Mm. Um, I'm the youngest of three boys, so I had two older brothers that were kind of knuckleheads, you know, and picked on me and and I just was I was always the runt of the litter I had older cousins but I was always the baby and I was always the runt so I always had these so I just think that's funny our uh, listeners can't see you <laughs> but you are a very big guy what are you like six twos yeah. Six yeah. <laughs> he's a big Hawaiian guy yeah. so the fact that he says he's the runt just yeah it's kind of funny <laughs> it just proves that we serve a redemptive God absolutely absolutely <laughs> yeah, my brothers are runs now um, <laughs> But no, but all of these things, you know, as a as a young child, and circumstances come up in your life, and things don't go your way, you you, you want to blame somebody, yeah. So in my 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 circumstance, I blame the Lord when things weren't going my way, even as petty as it was, as my brothers pick on me, or mm-hmm. you know, school wasn't going good, all these little things, like my dad didn't see me the same way he sees my brothers you know just real little petty things I blame the Lord because that's who I thought was this mean old judge that who gave you fairness who gave you uh grace in his in your life who gave you favor and I was like this guy's giving me no favor this 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 God is bunk you know like he's he has nothing for me so at that age around like 12 years old I remember saying that I hated God and I didn't believe in him. I remember telling God, you know, you're not real. You're not there for me. Like I'm done with you. Like, and I walked away from God and as silly as it sounds like a 12 year old doesn't know what he's doing when he's doing that. But I did that and I meant it and I really, really meant it. But something inside still, like, obviously if you're telling God, you know, I I hate you or I I don't like you or whatever. Like, I don't believe in you, but yet you're still telling him, right? Like exactly. Looking back at it now, it's just a sign that God, is imprinted on our lives. He, we've known him from before we were born. We were with him from before we were born. You know, he's just everything in us and he's everything to us that even in our rebellion, 
we're still honoring him. Like I can yeah. remember even past that time in my life telling God, like, I hate you. Like, why would, I don't believe in you. Why would you tell somebody you don't believe in them, but tell it to them? You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of yeah. contradictory. But I think too, God is like the easiest to take our anger out on. You know, like it's easier for me to tell God, why are you doing this to me? I hate you. Than it is my mom or dad yeah. or my brother or whatever yeah. it is, you yeah. know? Yeah. I think Jesus came to be that scapegoat for all of us, you know, he oh, who knew no sin became sin, you know? So God is, that's just his character and nature. And he's always been that for us. And he, he does that gladly, you know, looking back now, he does it with a smile on his face and says, yeah, take upon my yoke. You know? Yeah. And, and I, that's what exactly what I was going to say. He knows, he knows you were going to have that moment in that season where you questioned him, where you doubted him. You know, and it's kind of like now being fathers when our parents say, I don't like you, or our, sorry, our kids say, I don't like you, or I don't love you. You know, not to take it personal. You know that it's just that moment of that kid a- acting out or anger. And it's not true. Yeah. They don't truly mean that, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think God sees that same way. Like, okay, my son kind of is, is angry with me right now or is angry in general right now, you know, and, and I'm okay to take that. Yeah, yeah, he gladly asked for it, you know. He would rather me give it that attention and that hatred towards him than me take it out on the world, you know. He gladly sits there and, and tells me to lay it at his feet. So I didn't know all this at that time, and I was just a bitter, bitter adolescent, you know, coming into my teen years, and I just, I just... I would say right now that was the worst decision I ever made in my life because that led me down this path where I didn't have faith in anything, you know. I thought everything was circumstantial, you know, and I thought everything was I'll make the best out of everything and I can lean on my own strength and that just got me nowhere. So at this point, would you say that you just kind of cut God out of your life and that you just had no relationship with him? Yeah, yeah. I didn't really know relationship with him. I just cut my belief out. You Got know? it. So I would go to church, you know, because I didn't want my pool, my ears pulled anymore. <laughs> my, 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 I would go to church and I would listen and it just, it made no sense. It didn't resonate with me, you know, and I was just like, whatever. Um, soon enough, I'll be an adult and I don't have to do this for myself. And sure enough, that day came where I was old enough to, I didn't have to go to church. My dad would say, let's go to church. I'm like, no, I'm 18 years old. I don't need to go. So, but through my teenage years, I just became bitter. I just became bitter at everything, and I blamed everything on 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 luck. And you know, I I was really good at throwing my own pity parties, and I always thought the world was out to get me and was against me. And it just drove me to to be this bitter person. And I built up this this persona in my life that it was just I hid behind anger. You know, and when I didn't want to deal with something, I would just get angry. I'd have these fits. I'd have these rage bursts and just people would just learn to stay away from me. Like I threw up this wall. Like you don't want to confront me. I would just get mad. I would get louder, madder, yell at you more. And people just started leaving me alone. And it just drove me to this bitter place, which was super dangerous because then that led into like my 20s, you know. And um, it took me down some pretty dark paths when I was of legal drinking age and, you know, and started partying and started going down these, these dark, dark places. And I, but I think too, like now being where we are in our faith, you can recognize that that's a hurt person, right? Like there's something, when you see that in somebody else, you know that it's not real anger, but there's something deeper that's going on with that person. And I I think now we show grace a little more because of that. Yeah. But you've been there, you know, that, that feeling. Yeah. That's why it's such an honor to do things like this and, you know, and hold tight to a testimony and hold tight to what we're doing because this could reach somebody, you know, and if this does and if it's speaking to anybody right now, like all praise and glory be to God because that's his story and me. But like Bradley shared, um, my best friend growing up never wavered, you know, was through everything with me, saw me go through all of this. Jesse was just this rock in my life, even when I didn't choose for him to be that rock, you know, he would always come around to us boys and be like, boys, are you guys reading your Bible? Are you guys praying? Are you guys talking to God? And I'm like, I remember being like early twenties and he would come and talk to me. He'd come home from his football trips from college and be like, yeah, he's killing it. He's doing all this good stuff, All-American football player. And he'd come home and ask me if how I'm doing. How's God? Is God in your life? I'm like, bro, get away from me with that stuff, you know? I just want to hear your football stories. I don't want to hear your God stories. And I think even today that's something that, that tends to lack in a lot of guy groups yeah. or, you know, mm-hmm. men groups is is that guy that, mm-hmm. that isn't afraid to say, hey, what's going yeah. on? Or, hey, yeah. how are you doing spiritually, yeah. physically? like, yeah. And just get into that. I think a lot of us 
glaze over mm. with our, our guy friends and like, oh, you know, he's, he's not saying anything. He's not acting any yeah. different. So everything must be yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like there's an honor in the man who holds accountable another man, you know, that iron sharpens iron, you know, God calls us to be that man, not just as a father and head of our households, but just in general, just that's what a godly man looks like. You right. Know, who holds to biblical, biblical principle. Right? Yeah. And I think we see it even with our wives, like women tend to gravitate towards that a little yeah. easier than guys do. Like yeah. it's hard to be vulnerable and be like, Hey, I'm really struggling yeah. right now. Or, Hey, this has really gotten a hold of me, yeah. you know, yeah. but we see that through community, how important it is. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So he was always, always that guy for us. And, and you know, like he would come home and I would never listen to him. I would be like, well, I, don't, I want nothing to do with that. I'm, I made my choice already and you know, God's not for me. He's, he wasn't for me then. He's not for me now. So I don't want nothing to do with him, but he was relentless in it, you know, and it wasn't, he was trying to shove it down my throat. He was just, he was just being obedient to the Lord and faithful and just wanted to know, let me, let us know that God loved us. You know, he knew that goodness and, yeah. and wanted to share it with his brothers because yeah. he knew yeah. what was there and, yeah. and knew that you could come back to that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, so, you know, like Brandy shared, he ended up passing away when we were 24. We're all same age. We all grew up in the same grade. Um, he ended up passing away when we were 24. And as much as it was it was a thing that rocked her and shocked her world, that was my best friend. You know, I knew him longer than she did. You know, and I've been through so much battles with that guy from when we were Pop Warner football through high school, through all these things. Like, I've been through so much. So I lost him. And, you know... He's married, he has family, so all the focus goes to that, you know. How's his wife? How's his kids? How's this? So me to be a selfish friend, like I lost my best friend, that had to go on the back burner because there's so much more at stake relational-wise. His family, his mom, his dad, his brothers, his sisters, everything. Like I was just a friend, but in real, that I was a brother. I was probably closer to him than his, his biological brother. Can you share with us how you found out that he passed away and what that was like yeah that was a rough rough night so brandy had shared that um they had gotten into a fight on the phone and jesse had gone out drinking with his brother but the backstory was that was me and my brother were at a bar already and we knew that jesse had come home so we had called him and we're like bro you gotta come down we're all out tonight we're drinking at the bar come down and have some drinks with us and he just being the guy he was just social butterfly wanted to just be with his friends he's been gone for months he came home yeah of course i'm coming down boys i'm coming to hang out with you and me and my brother are there waiting for him and backstory my brother is one year older than me is same age as jesse's brother who's one year older than him so we're like this foursome that we're inseparable since we we're little he was with his older brother and i was with my older brother but i have a third old my oldest brother is a police officer and he was working that night so we're at the bar we're drinking we're waiting for jesse to come he doesn't show up so i look at my brother the night was kind of going down the drain it was a junk night so me and my brother decided yeah, we're over this we'll go home we drove home and we're home for about five, ten minutes, and the phone rings, and it's our oldest brother telling us that Jesse just got in a car accident and he passed away. Your oldest brother, who's a cop? Yeah, who's on the scene. Who's on the scene. First officer on the scene shows up on the scene, and my other brother got the call, and he told me, and I'm like, no way, bro, stop lying. Like, this is crazy. Like, you know, mess around with that stuff. And he's like, no, Clyde just called me and said, you guys need to get down here now. So me and my other brother, we jump in the car, and sure enough, we're so close to the scene, we, we, we arrive before first responders. We're there before the paramedics, before the ambulance there. There's two police officers, his dad's there, and it's just this thing, like, such a dream, like, crazy. Like, I don't know, I even know how to explain that night, but it was so hard just to be there and all these things are going through my mind. Oh my God, Brandy's not here. And just, just so much things. And it was just one of the hardest nights of my life, you know, knowing that we were the one that called him to come and we left the bar. Like I carry this burden that the Lord with his grace removed from my heart. And, and like, I have no, I don't carry this with me, but if I had just called him, if I had just called him and said, bro, we're not, we're not here anymore. We're going home, but we didn't. And he tried everything to do was just to get there and hang out with the boys. I think that's another common thread you and Brandy have. Mm. You know, she had a fight yeah. and wasn't speaking to him yeah. on a different island away. Yeah. You have a guilt of sorts, you know, at that time of calling him to come down and yeah. and come hang out. But 
both of you didn't have any clue where that would lead. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you didn't know that your Brandy's fight would end with never being able to apologize. You didn't know calling him down would, would be yeah. his last ride down, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think there's so many questions when things like that happen. Mm-hmm. And although it's such a horrible thing that happened, as our listeners will see, God brought something yeah. so incredible yeah. Yeah out of it you know when things like that happen we don't understand it and there's so many whys there's so many there's so much anger but we really just have to trust that God knows what he's doing yeah and we can look at like Brandy's testimony of the branch of the stump of Jesse bear fruit and now 100% the fruit is Kinsley and she is life and she is redemptive of she carries his name she is just redemptive of it but if we look at that story it's talking about Jesse is David's father you know mm-hmm. and the stump of of uh, David of Jesse is David King David yeah. which is the bloodline of Jesus Christ yeah. the redemptive power it all comes from that and like round robin redeem me redeem Brandy redeem Kinsley redeem Carter redeemed us all and we stand on this name Jesse in the same way that Jesus probably would have, you know, for being his ancestor, you know, like, so we inherit these things and God's so good. Like there's an undeniable, it's undeniable that he speaks through us yeah, through just countless ways of scripture, of testimony, of relationship, of just everything. So yeah, that, that testimony that she shared is, is it's, it's, a, there's a lot more to that. So you found out your best friend passed yeah. away. Yeah. Um, so what was like, life like after that oh man it went it spiraled you know like i already been this partier drug user you know fornicator just doing just living i wasn't living for the lord if you're not living for the lord i come came to find out you're you're serving the enemy you know it's, mm-hmm. it's black and white there's no three sides of the fence you're on one or the other even if you're on top of the fence you're, you're serving the enemy I think and, that's so important for people to understand though because you could be living what you think is a good life mm-hmm. you know but if you don't have the Lord it, it's all a waste yeah yeah, yeah. The only way to the Father is through the Son. Yes. And if I curse Jesus and I'm and and I say I don't know Him, He, the Bible says He'll say the same thing. Yeah. Apart from me, I didn't never knew you. So at that point, I'm living for the enemy already, not deliberately choosing it, but I am living in darkness and allowing sin to rule and reign and and be Lord of my life. That bombshell drops and I spiral into this abyss that just I could not see no way out of it and I'd never got to like this dark suicidal point but I got to this point where whatever's coming my way that's what it's gonna be and I just started drinking more started doing drugs more and just just went down this dark path and by the grace of God you know like Brandy came into my life. I don't know how this happened. I mean, you know, what I mean, I know how it happened. I know I remember the time, but I just don't know how I was receptive to it. You know, mm-hmm. like God began to work in me that I, you know, it has to be Him because where I was at that stage in my life, there's no way, there's no way I could have. I wanted that. I wanted that, or I knew I needed that. So you already, before Jesse passed away, you already didn't have a relationship with the Lord, and yeah. you hated Him yeah. and counted Him yeah. out. Yeah. So when Jesse passed away. Were you, did you again talk to him and, and like yelled at him and was even more angry with him or did you just like not even acknowledge him? I think it was one of those things. Yeah, that's you. Yeah, that's the guy. You're that guy. Yeah. yeah you know, oh, yeah, I'm course. already at this point like, oh yeah, God. Oh yeah. Of see, course see, you did see, this yeah. to me. Yeah. Well, of course, you know, you're so good. This faithful servant of yours, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm putting this, putting all this stuff on God again that was never his to be blamed for. Yeah. yeah but he gladly took it. He gladly took it. He said, yes, it is me. And I hate when people say like, oh, God, God took him home. God took somebody. God never takes anyone. God welcomes you home. And I, the realization of that is like God welcomed him home. Oh, I love that. Yeah, God never took him. But he's standing there when it's our time. He's there to meet us. Um, yeah, blamed him, of course, you know, but with kind of like this, this chuckle. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's you, God. Again, speaking to somebody that I said I didn't believe in. Um, <laughs> but his redemptive power, like he never let go of me and he never stopped pursuing me. That He's so prodigal, faithful. Yeah, that prodigal son. I was, my prodigal story is, it seems so radical and it seems so mine, but it's, it's majority of all of ours the same as we turned and we just took our eyes off of him and we, we, we walked away from him. But 
he's faithful to, to woo us back, right? Yeah. So, and Brandy, you know, I know you explained about that you and Kaina kind of got together and you guys started talking as friends and he went to church with you. But can you guys kind of tell us how it happened? Like when, what made you reach out? What happened that, that brought you guys back together? Honestly, like, I think there was, I think like there was like a class reunion or like a class like get together um, for their school. <laughs> and so you guys were the same age, we're the same, same age, grade, yep, same grade, just different, different schools. schools. Yeah. And, you know, I know all his friends. I mean, basically we all kind of knew each other, um, the group of friends. So I went to their, their class reunion, like, or class get together. And, and he was there and we just talked, you know, and then that was it. Like we didn't, I think we didn't even see each other again for like another couple months. Yeah. I think that night we talked and like, I just saw something in her. I saw this, this, Cause like I remember that night clearly, and I just laid it out how mad I was at God. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, thinking about it now, it's like, how are you going to church? Like, how are you? How are you saying thank you, Lord? Like, she was just telling me like she's good, she's in a good place. And I'm like, no, you're how? How is that it's impossible? Like, God took him. Like, don't thank God. God took him, and like she was just like, no, you just got to come to church. You just got to see that God is good. God is good. Jesse would have told you the same thing. Come to church. God is good through all of this. He's good. I'm like, you're crazy. And I remember that night. And I just remember thinking about it later after she invited me to church. I'm like, can't wait. There must be something there because she honestly is okay. She wasn't like super good, but she was okay. And I just remember like, you know what? I know better than this. Something inside of me deep down said, you know better than this. And just go. Just try it. You know, I didn't. I don't know where that, that confidence came from or where that... that um, that step of faith I took that that next morning came from, but went to church. Yeah. But she had that light. You could see yeah. even almost, yeah. it, it's almost without even talking to somebody or just yeah. that lightness of them that only God can provide. Yeah, for sure. Like we see it in so many different testimonies that when you come across that person, they just, they walk differently. They talk mm-hmm. differently. They hold themselves yeah. differently. Yeah. And there's something about it them that you gravitate towards, yeah. even without knowing yeah. anything about it. Yeah, I think with her, it wasn't, I saw that she was, she found out where the aid was, where this thing, like I, cause I had seen her after, after he passed and I'd been around and seen her and just seen how hurt and devastated she was. And then that night I just seen that she had found help. She had found something that had, was supportive, you know, something that was, that lifted her back up. And I was just like, I need that, whatever that is. And I think that's where I was at the point was I need that, whatever that is. If that's church, I'll go. Maybe this is a different type of church. Maybe this is a cult. Maybe they got the good juice. (laughs) The good juice. (laughs) (laughs) They got the good Kool-Aid over there. Yeah. But you just knew that something needed to change because it wasn't sustainable to be so angry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anger was driving me to dark places almost on a nightly basis, you know, really. And so you said that you guys saw each other on Saturday night, and that night she invited you for the next morning. Like, there's no time, not (laughs) next week, not next month, tomorrow morning. I'm so thankful it happened that quick. I probably walked into there smelling like a brewery, but, you know, (laughs) sinners are welcome. (laughs) All sinners are welcome in the house of the Lord. So you... Saw her at the reunion. Mm. She invited you to church. Mm-hmm. So you went to church with her yeah. that next day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. So what happened then? Um, I sat in the church service, looked for the furthest seat in the back. Um, you know, went to hide in the shadow. But I was there, so you know, I, mean, I just I just gave it my best. Probably hanging, hurting. Um, I just gave it my best effort to listen and immediately the pastor started talking and I felt like he knew I was there in the back corner and he was speaking directly to me. So I look at Brandy and of course I thought she had had a meeting with her pastor before I got there and told him my whole life story (laughs) because he was pretty much telling my whole life story. Eyes locked on you. There's a man in the audience. Um, But yeah, and, and I was just like, just wrecked. Like, wow. Like, and he just spoke of God's love. And in, in a way, like, he spoke of God's love in the way I needed to hear it. Like, God saw me, and I felt seen. Like, I felt like he saw, the pastor saw me. But literally, I know, like, it was God showing me that he sees yeah. me. You know, that he was the one. That story was for me. Like, 
she did talk to her pastor and her pastor is God. She had prayed for us, you know, and like God spoke through Pastor Bill and spoke directly to me. And it's just crazy because I've heard this testimony countless times by friends that we brought to church and it's like, God, the guy's talking straight to me. It's like, no, God's talking straight to you. So you said Pastor Bill. Yeah. So was this at Living Stones? Yes. Which is the church yeah. that we met y'all yes. at? Yes. Oh, So this is okay. Living Stones, full circle again. Um, we are stoners. Um, <laughs> In a different way. <laughs> In a different way. Stoners for the Lord. But yeah. Um, and I just figured, you know what? That was such an amazing experience. Next week came around. I, I want to try that again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I need to see this happen again. And it was for like, a few weeks, it just kept happening. But regardless, you know, I'd leave Sunday. I'd party the whole week. You know, I probably showed up the first four church services hanging. <laughs> well, and, and too, I think, just to go back to your first day there, mm-hmm. I think it we can all attest to that first step, right? Mm-hmm. Just taking that one small step. Yeah. Like you said, yeah. you're probably hanging. You hadn't been to church yeah. or, you know, didn't have that relationship. But you took that one small obedient yeah. step to yeah. just show up. And what God met you more than halfway, like that service, that message was directed right at you. And I think a lot of times that's all it takes is that one small step in the right direction and God will meet you. Oh, hundred percent. One hundred percent. So you said that you were, um, you know, you went to church, but you were still partying and Mm -hmm. kind of doing all that stuff during the week. But at this point, I'm assuming that you kind of started welcoming the Lord back into your heart. Yeah. 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 And I, I gave him the, the, justice i gave him the opportunity to speak to me i was okay if this is you lord and this is not just this man up on a stage who's like a fortune teller or whatever if it's you lord i need you to prove yourself and every time i show back up to this church he would prove himself a different way Mm -hmm. the next time i will go in it's just worship would drop me to the floor i would start crying out of nowhere wiping every tear away before it hit my cheek because I'm this big guy that can't be crying in front of all these people. Then the next time, it would be the prayer call. And like he spoke exactly to me. I needed to surrender this thing. So slowly, slowly, I'm not going to sit here and have this testimony that, you know, I, I escaped death. And, you know, like I saw the, the heavens open and that's my right. testimony. My testimony was a slow walk with the Lord. And I think for 99% of people, it is, yeah. it's not an overnight, huge no, life altering, you know, it's, it's the daily things that yeah. add up. Yeah. Now at this point, were you coming to church with Brandy? Were you just seeing her there? Were you guys sit? Like, do you feel like you were there now at that point to hear the message for yourself or were you still going to sit next to, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, were you yeah, there yeah, to, sure. to see sure. Brandy? I think it started that way. You know, like, I wanted what she had, you know, I wanted, I wanted to know how this happened. And, but for more, more than that, I think I was just, something was happening to me. And I think there was a week where they were out of town, her and her family were out of town and I had an opportunity to go to church by myself. And I went and I was just like, yeah, this is for me. And I slowly started allowing the Lord to come in more and more. And he was just meeting me day after day, you know, service after service. And I, I made that choice. Like I want to follow the Lord again. And and I came to this repentive place in my heart where I wasted so much time, you know, against him, but I never felt condemned. I was like, yeah, he's, he wanted to pick up where we left off kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Now you had talked of Jesse and him following up with you and asking how you were doing. And if you were in the word and and were you with God, did you have anybody else in your life at that point? Any other buddies or I know you said your dad was going to church and stuff, but did you have that mentor or that other person that could speak life into you the way that Jesse did? Yeah. I think at that point it was, it was probably Brandy, you know, it was definitely Brandy actually. Um, you know, I have family members that are super strong Christians and they were, they, they knew what path I was on and they were so happy to hear that we were going back to church and that I was going back to church and we're super supportive of it. I have an auntie that's just amazing Christian. That's been the, one of the rocks in, in my faith and my, my belief. And she was just over the moon to hear that I was coming back to the Lord cause she knew where I was headed. Um, yeah, my dad was super happy. You know, it was just, it just felt right. But as far as like accountability, I had nobody. I really had right. nobody. It was Brandy and Brandy alone. And, and, and it was enough though. It was more than yep. enough. It was, it was what I needed. Cause I was in this place where I think if there was more people, I probably would have turned away from it. You know, right. Out of like right. a shame thing or I don't know. 
So at this point now in both of your mm-hmm. stories, you you both were single and were putting the Lord first. We're friends. Mm-hmm. So tell us what happened and how it grew into y'all being more than friends. Wow. Yeah. Um, it, it, for me, you know, it was, I just knew I needed more. And, and, and God started moving this relationship from a friendship to like, I started having feelings for her just because we shared so much things in common. And it was like undeniable. Like, why is God doing all of this in the same manner for both of us at the same time? It was just undeniable. And I feel like during this time, the Lord had just put blinders on, on both of our eyes as to what we were really stepping into you know we thought we were just being friends but god had way bigger plans for that and we'll testify to those plans for the rest of our life but he slowly started drawing us closer to a a, a intimate relationship not just with each other but with him and i think why i can say our our relationship and our family is is doing so well and is thriving with the lord is because he was in that relationship in the beginning. It wasn't right. just me and her coming together. It was all three of us coming together and it was just meant to be, I, I think. And I think you guys can can testify too that you guys are in a great place now, but it wasn't always that way. Oh, like, yeah. So you guys, friends, and now you started dating. Yeah. So and take us from there. It was just... Yeah, I mean, like I said, it was Kona, small town. So, of course, we had people like, you know... Everybody has, everybody has an opinion, like not good, good, you know? And, but what really like, after we decided like, okay, yes, we want to pursue this. What like really like solidified our relationship was we, we still have contact, you know, I, we still had contact with um, Jesse's parents, you know, take the kids over, you know, let them see their grandkids and, and kind of came with me one day (laughs) and um so we pull up you know and and they kind of know that we're talking you know they they know I mean obviously they've known kind of since he was a baby too right and so they heard through the grapevine you know that we were talking and and so as soon as like we pull up we walk up to their house and Jesse's dad comes out and he's like what did he say babe he came up to me well first of all I was like totally didn't want to go and we'd been talking and we knew they knew we knew, everybody knew already it was i don't know we thought we were fooling the world <laughs> or whatever <laughs> but we knew and i knew he knew and this was like the thing we're like we got to do this we got to rip this band-aid off they know everybody knows and we got to stop giving the power to the enemy to hold us down so we went over there and i was just so nervous so afraid of like what they were gonna say i just my fear was they're gonna be upset with me and i I don't know. I don't know. But I walked into the house and he, the first thing he said is he said, I'm so proud of you guys, but I just want to let you guys know that I hope you guys know I'm going to be the one that marries you guys. And I was like, I looked at Brandon. I was like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What are you talking about marriage? Like we're just talking. But like, it was just this relief that like it was, there was no condemnation there. There was no judgment he knew he prophesied over our family in that moment gosh i love that so much because jesse and who he was in the lord and who his family was in the lord he was such a big part in you both obviously coming together but obviously also with you your your relationship with the lord as well you know it's just it's incredible to see you guys explaining this whole, your whole testimony and how God just was there. Yeah. Like it's really evident that he was there, yeah. you know, through all of it. Yeah, for sure. And he, he's still to this day and will always be a huge part of our testimony. Yeah. And like, he was that, if you think of this conversion testimony, he was the, besides the Lord, you know, of course, Jesse was that variable that connected us all, you know, Without Jesse, I don't think our test, this testimony would be here. You know, the Lord could have worked it out in a different way, but he chose to take, make beauty from the ashes, you know? And that's what I was just going to say, that he knew something great would come, something fruitful. And I think as we dive into more of your testimony between you guys and then what you guys have done after here in Texas and around the world, I think there's so much beauty and fruitfulness that came from that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we were together, we, you know, had that conversation and, 
yeah, we ended up getting married with Jesse's dad right in front of us. So it was just crazy. Like it was a pretty intimate wedding. It wasn't, you know, I mean, 200 people. That's that's intimate for Hawaii. (laughs) Yeah. And it was just crazy. Like there, it was just like the presence of the Lord and just knowing, like everybody knowing our story, everybody knowing like what we've gone through and then just seeing Jesse's dad in front of us having kind of standing there and then me next to him. It was just like this triangle of just full circle. Like he was there. Yeah. Like he, you know, he, it was just a blessing. Like this is what, you know, like it was just, it was insane. It was really like just bawling. I mean, like, you know, everybody has like beautiful pictures at their wedding. That was not ours. (laughs) It was like ugly cry on every single person's face. It was, but it was just beautiful. It was, it was just beautiful. And now do you think at this point at the wedding, did everybody who was kind of naysaying or having an, uh, that negative opinion about you yeah. guys, had they come around or oh, yeah. did you still feel like you kind of had that? So looking back at that and these naysayers and stuff, it was something I think we built in our heads, you know, 100%. like 100% we're like, oh, everybody's judging us. We heard a few things and it was just from those those random people that yeah. care less what yeah. they're carrying in their bucket, you know, but everyone that we thought would have a feeling, like I think the way his dad released us and prophesied over us was the one, like if anybody should have something to say, it should be them. Right. You know? Right. And he was the one that released us from that condemnation that we were carrying. And sure enough, nobody was talking about, right. Nobody was even saying anything. There were people like, but, but very little. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Way less than we thought. And I think that that comes back to God and his beauty. And like, you know, one thing verse that's always stuck with me is, is God is, is it not a God of confusion, but of peace. Mm-hmm. And so I think that confu- I think the enemy uses that yeah. doubt that, you know, oh, everybody's talking about yeah, us. Everybody has sure. an opinion when in reality, it's not true at all. Like yeah. it's complete lies. And he uses it in so many facets of yeah. our life yeah. to, to lie to us. Right. Yeah. Well, something so incredibly beautiful was coming out of something so incredibly yeah. tragic. Yeah. And that's all he has is lies and trying to tear you both apart. But you guys had your foundation in Christ and didn't allow that to happen, which is incredible. Yeah. That was the rebuild. You know, I think if you look back to the beginning of both of our stories, Brandy talked about even before coming to being Jehovah's Witness, there was some type of foundation laid and me even though being part of this church that I had no relationship with God there was foundation laid and you know I think I can f- testify to even though I didn't believe this or understand the things I was hearing when I was little I knew God and God knew me and it was enough to build our house on and foundation was laid and when it came to us building our own foundation it was like you know the bones are good you know let's go let's run with right. this you know and I have to give credit to like Jesse. He was part of building that too, you know? And, but I think it goes back to speaking too of, like you said, it's woven in our DNA. Yeah. Like we know, yeah. even if we don't know, mm-hmm. we know something's off. We know. And it's, it's like I say with, with people that, that pray or they say, you know, I, I talk to the universe or that, like we, we automatically know to call out to something. And, and a lot of people don't know what it is, but we, you know, we know as Christians that, that we're praying to God and it's just, it's an innate thing to do when we're in good, bad, whatever situation. It's, it's just that woven DNA. Okay. So you guys got married. Uh-huh. Okay. And then what happened? And it was all rainbows after that. Rainbows and butterflies. <laughs> yeah. You did a good yeah, you know, Life time. was so good after that. <laughs> um, that's when the battle began, you know, I know mm-hmm. we've been doing this for a little bit now and some time has passed, but it's when the battle really began. God was doing something huge by bringing us together. So the enemy wanted nothing more than to tear that apart. And he tried really, really hard. And there was times where we kind of gave into that, you know, and we allowed him in and we allowed that door to be open. And, you know, he, he wanted nothing more than to separate us. That first year of our marriage was so hard and it was just such an up and down where that word divorce came into our conversation way too much, which I highly recommend. Anybody married, that that should be the most forbidden word ever spoken in a household, is that word divorce. It should be not even mentioned, but 
we used it a lot and he tried to separate us. Um, we tried doing it all in our own strength, you know, thought we had it all figured out, you know, we dodged some bullets and we thought, oh yeah, we're adults now. God brought us to this point, but thanks Lord, we got it from here. And we kind of left him out of the, a lot of the big decisions. Right. So you guys are married. You guys had started going to church. Are you guys faithfully going to church at this point? Is it still just a Sunday type of deal? Have you dove into your faith more? Yeah, we're, you know, at this point we go to church on Sundays, um, read our Bibles at home, but we read it separately. You know, we, um, he reads his Bible by himself. I read mine by myself and, and that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, so yes, we did have issues, uh, the first couple years of marriage and a lot of it too. Like I know on my part, it was because of like what I went through with Jesse and like, uh, control was a huge thing for me. So I, I tried to control him, you know, like if, if I can just control this, it'll be good. You know, like if I, if I, if I, if this is good and if I, you know, like I just felt the need to control everything, which that does not sit well (laughs) with, with anybody really. I mean, you know, and just men in general, like, it's just, I cannot, you cannot control, like you're supposed to respect them. That's, you know, what, how the Lord made us to be like women respect husband loves, you know, and you can't do that if somebody's trying to control you. So I know like that was a super huge thing for my, for, you know, what I did wrong. So how did you guys go from you both individually having such a great relationship with the Lord and that's what brought you all together to him being on the back burner again? Did life just get really busy? I mean, you guys did have two kids at this point when you got married. Yeah, Yeah, life just got really hectic right away. You know, I jumped into a a fully blown going on family. I immediately adopted two girls into my life and I went from being the singer, single bachelor that was drinking and partying every night to no, now you're daddy. Now you're now, now, now it's time to be a man. And I didn't really know what that was or what that looked like, but. And when you get overwhelmed and you get busy, God tends to be the first yeah, thing that yeah, is the easiest yeah, to throw on the back exactly. burner. Because do you think, ah, I got all this stuff yeah. going on. I don't need yeah, him. Yeah. When in reality, it's like, yeah. he needs to be the priority I because everything falls than, apart. Yeah. So, you know, I started striving really hard at work. We both started striving really hard at work and taking all these burdens on ourselves. Like, we got to build a house. We bought property. We started, we got plans to build a house. You know, we're talking about what kind of how much more kids we want and Mm -hmm. it just starts happening fast 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 and we start making this picture in our head what a healthy family looks like Mm -hmm. all the meanwhile going to church you know praising the lord and thanking him for all these blessings but not involving him in our decisions we were making our decisions for our family we're gonna have three more kids we're gonna have a house we're gonna we're gonna own our own businesses we're gonna do all these things which through it all without giving him the praise for it he started blessing us with these things we became pregnant with chevy and like a year after we were married and it was just like yes this is our plan our plan is coming to fruition we just have to believe it speak out our plan oh we're gonna buy a house we're gonna build property boom it starts happening we buy this property we we begin moving forward with building this house we build the house yes oh we want one more kid the lord blesses us with the twin girls so we're here with five kids and we're just so like, yeah, this is it. You know, this is our plan. It's coming to fruition. But we weren't stopping to thank the Lord for his provisions. We knew it came from him, but we weren't thanking him for it. Yeah. You know? So we actually met y'all before you had the twins. Yep. We met y'all in 2016, at the end of 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and when did you guys have the twins? 2018. 18. Okay, mm-hmm. so we knew you for a little bit before then. So we met you at Living Stones mm-hmm. um, in a small group. Yeah. So where were you guys with your faith at this time? Like, was it still... Because um, from our perspective, we were like... Because that church had a lot of um, non-locals. Yeah. And we, <laughs> as a local, I got put in a group with two locals mm-hmm. and I was so excited. I was like, I want to make sure they know I'm local too. <laughs> Even though I'm like this white looking Portuguese. <laughs> yeah. 
So we um, got into a group with you guys and we just saw like such a faith with you guys. And I know that you guys had that at your foundation, but you guys Mm -hmm. were still kind of like struggling at that Mm -hmm. point. We had no idea. Mm -hmm. So at that point, you know, when we met you guys, we... we had overcome a lot and we had started and small groups was actually like a super huge part of that. We, um, you know, we, we were going to church, reading our Bibles, you know, but there's still something missing and we never did small groups. Like, I mean, we've, you know, who wants to talk about their feelings and stuff? I did, but kind of didn't. <laughs> well, and I think we didn't start off with a small group. I think Alpha, the oh, Alpha right. course, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which is phenomenal. It, it's mm-hmm. the very, very broken down basics of what Christianity is and who Jesus is. But was that, I think that was your first kind of serving in that role at the church, right? When yeah. they asked you to kind of host a, a small group small within group. the Alpha. So it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily the small group we came to know and love um, at your house, but it was that connecting yeah. there. It's so crazy is because like Brandon was just saying, like small groups were the lifeline that we needed. It was that that flotation device when we were sinking, when our first year of marriage was super hard and we were having a hard time. Brandy just randomly signed us up for a small group and uh, she's, I was like, what are you doing? Like, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not going to go sit in a circle with a bunch of people I don't know and tell them all my feelings. This is just not who I am. Then again, the Lord was working in me somehow, some way. I think she might have gave me an ultimatum. I didn't didn't really want to sleep on the couch. but So I went and, you know, it just took going and going and going. But Alpha really opened up some doors to me. And I just would hear people share testimony. And I just thought, wow, this is amazing. These people's courage to share in front of strangers. I still wasn't ready to do it. But I was like, wow, these people are so courageous. And then slowly started listening to the testimonies. I'm like, whoa. This guy's story is pretty similar to mine. Whoa, that guy's story is way worse than mine. You know, <laughs> this guy's a little cool. But no, and it just it just revealed like how much I needed that extra fellowship. You know, I think we can all sit here at this table and testify of how huge small groups are in our lives. Right, and I think. Again, every small group we've been a part of has been a testimony of Jesus, and it's crazy who he puts in them, right? Like, we think it's just church putting us a, a sign-up sheet out and like, okay, who's going to sign up and whatnot. But in that season, it's crazy. You get older folks that have so much wisdom that you learn off of. You get the younger folks that kind of remind you, like, that was us at one point. Like, it's just, I love to see small groups made up of, of such different folks and different even levels of faith you know you have those that don't really know like you said kind of like you don't know what you're doing there you don't know like I don't want to be here like I'm just here for the food and I'm going home but you have others that are just like they speak out like the truth and they are not afraid we even see it in our own small group here in Texas like we have folks that like no matter what they are speaking out like this is what I see this is what God is telling me this is what and it's like that fuels our faith and it's crazy what comes from those small groups yeah, for sure there's a uh, one gentleman um i don't know if we drop names in here but <laughs> um but we entered this group and like he just the joy that was in his eyes of sharing his testimony i'm like like why are you have so much joy about telling us your brokenness you know and just to see the other side of the brokenness and the redemptive power of god like he found so much joy in that and his story was the same as mine he didn't want to come to small groups and he didn't want to share but he found such a freedom in it and that's where i decided like yeah this is cool there's something special about this you know yeah it's a home church small group atmosphere but yeah so when we went from that alpha course and then um i remember we you guys became leaders of a small group after that and we joined that small group because I remember that specifically because that's when we found out y'all were having the twins yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah we um yeah we just felt like I mean small groups were super huge for us like there was accountability like you you know there was just so much like learning from each other and like oh my gosh like you struggle with that too can you please you know like can you pray for me with this and it was just accountability like you know we 
dependent on each other, you know, like, it, and so that was like, like our hugest thing and we loved it. And that's why like we continued it and like that was life giving to us, you know? And so, and we just wanted to share like with other people, like how life giving it is to be in a small group, but of course it was hard. Yes. And we found out we were going to have twins and that was like another, <laughs> a whole nother story. You wanted two more kids, but not at once. Yes. No, we actually, we only we wanted, wanted one. one. Yes. Yes. It, and God just was has like, a sense of humor. Ah, yeah. I always say that God yeah. has a sense of humor. He guys. has a sense of humor and they're amazing addition, blessing, last addition to our <laughs> for, did you just say for now, kind of? Yeah. <laughs> you know you have five kids, right? <laughs> We're getting another dog soon. Yeah, but small groups led, like, opened so much doors. You know, it brought us relationships like we have with you guys and so much other people. It brought us to our closest friends in the world, you know, and it brought us to just being able to see God use us in a different way platform and he shared a little bit of the purpose and and call he had in our lives and it was just being like we talk about this step of faith we stepped into this leadership role that the church saw and spoke this life into us and believed in us to do this and we did it regardless of we wanted to or not we did it and it just opened up this this whole other door that we started so did small groups help with your faith in your marriage and bringing God to the forefront, do you think? I believe so. I believe it was the exact thing we needed where we weren't just being Sunday Christians anymore. You know, we we started having these midweek meetings, you yeah. know, and, and we started doing life with like-minded people. We would be Christians on Sunday, like as we were coming to church and when our marriage was started, we'd just come on Sunday and hope that we are filled enough within an hour and a half service or 40, 45 minute service to sustain us through the whole week, which was impossible. It never, never would have happened. But yeah, I think small groups really change the atmosphere of our, our day to day life. Now, I think this is one thing we've talked about and, and I don't remember if it was you guys or somebody in our small group with you that mentioned, so we met on Wednesdays, how Wednesdays in general became so much harder, like it was an attack from the enemy because he knew that we were going to be gathering. He knew that this was fellowship and many of our small groups were very large. I mean, we had a lot of families coming, a lot of mm-hmm. children were coming to, to do that. Do you feel like, and again, we, we weren't sure we know in general, but when you started small groups, do you feel like you saw those attacks on your marriage and oh, on yeah. your family? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think when you step into like, you know, a calling or something that the Lord has put on your heart, you know, or even just like in, in, in your, in front of you and you commit yourself and your family to do it, like the attacks start coming like crazy. Literally. I mean, I think every Wednesday we would have small group like hours before there'd be like attack between me and kind of where we're arguing and it's like, or even just the kids, like, you know, just like something and, you know, like up to the minute and we're like, okay, you know, like, or even when we didn't host it at our house and we were driving to church, like we're arguing in the car about like nonsense stuff, but it was just the enemy trying to like stop us from continuing this, like, you know, and, and we would have so many like doubts, like, okay, if we're fighting now, how can, how can we even say we can lead a small group? You know, like how can we even say we're good enough Christians if we're, we can, you know, we are still arguing with each other. And so the, yeah, the attacks like did not stop for yeah. sure. If anything, they grew stronger, but we like, we just depended on the Lord more. Yeah. yeah. And we're like, God, like, you know, it, I know this is not from you. And we would just see it for what it is and be like, this is the enemy and we're not even going to entertain it anymore. And just immediately just shut it down and mm-hmm. forgiveness and God help us and, and keep going with small group. Well, and- we can attest to that on our end as well, because mm-hmm. I mean, we were an out, over an hour away from y'all mm-hmm. yeah. and 
this is when we um, started going to church regularly. You know, we were in a small group, yeah. obviously. And it was the same with us. Yeah. Like, we just always felt like, I feel like every Wednesday it was like, oh my gosh, we, we shouldn't mm-hmm. go today because yeah. we have this or whatever it was, just lies yeah. from the enemy, you yeah. know? And and once you guys spoke that out, like that we need to make Wednesdays a priority, like we're going to be getting attacked. But if you don't feel like coming, if you have whatever excuse you have not to come, overcome that and just go. And that's something that we really push hard with our small group here in Texas too, um, because that happens. It it really does happen when you're drawing closer to the Lord, the enemy fights harder to get you to stray away from him. Yeah. I just reminded of, um, what it says in James in the beginning in James one is count it all joy as you persevere through these things. And I think that was a sustaining or that was a, a, a verse that really, helped us through that because we would say it a lot during that season but like now if you look at it it's like on the other side of perseverance is the testimony you know you need to persevere through the trial because if you don't persevere you cut off the testimony you can't have a testimony unless it goes from the the sore the owl to the wow right i always say the owl you have to have the owl before you have the wow and and persevering through that allows us to do what we're doing right now, you know, and we all push through that somehow, some way of, and it, it was, it was Wednesday nights. Like, I don't want to go. Like I, I have a million and one better things I could be doing, but yep. that was the enemy. Yeah. So when do you feel like y'all's relationship with the Lord just really got, um, on track? Mm. To the point that he was in every decision, um, he was at the forefront of your life. When do you think that finally happened? I think we're constantly learning that. You know, I don't think we're there yet, and I'm proud that I'm proud to say that we're not there yet. And I'm I'm never want to stop being a learner and stop being open mm-hmm. to him being able to do that in my life. Um, we fall short every day. There's not a time where me and Brandy don't fall short. We fight like every other couple. We fight sometimes the same caliber as our first year of marriage, but it's the recognition that we've learned to recognize the lie when it creeps in. That's what's growing in us, and I think that's what is making it that much easier to address the lie immediately and cut the head off the serpent fast, you know? We don't let him grow. You know that video game where the snake goes around, he eats, and he keeps growing, he keeps growing, he keeps growing. I think if you kill that snake right away and you don't let him grow, that carries so much weight in in your marriage, in your life. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. We are definitely not there yet. (laughs) I very, you know, I mean, still, control still comes back in, you know, like, just that it's always it's human just, nature. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we always just are going to always. Be. Yep. And then, you know, praying and it's just, yeah, I think we're always still learning, always still growing, but God's just so good. You know, he's just still with us. Like it's just for our marriage, it's definitely realizing when the enemy is attacking, you know, attacking us and, and just loving just continuing to love, even though we don't feel like loving like that also is like a super huge thing for us as a couple. Um, and just, and you know, like, what do we say? Like, I don't love you or right now, but I, I like you, but I don't love you right Right, now. You know, like it's just, it's choosing, it's choosing that person over the feelings, over the anger. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, guys, I am so incredibly grateful that y'all came on this podcast to share your story and share your testimony. I know it's not always easy, but I had chicken skin basically throughout the whole thing. (laughs) And I was just tearing up because like I said on our, when we had a break, I, I know your story, but I didn't know all of it, you know, and it's so incredibly powerful and we're so incredibly blessed that you are sharing it with us and sharing it on this platform because people need to hear it, you know, and there is so much more to your story, to your testimony, and we would love to have you guys back 
to share more about what you're doing right now because um, I feel like it needs to reach so many hearts. Yeah, I think, like Kenny said, that you know we personally have seen your growth and your light radiate towards us, and it's helped us in our faith. Um, like I said in, in our first episode, is seeing or being with that friends or family or whoever that are walking through that season with you that, you know, and as you guys know, with our own testimony, like having that couple that's close that we can lean on and say, man, we're going through something so hard right now. And, and breaking down in prayer right there. It's not like, okay, well, we'll pray for you or yeah, we hope everything turns out well, but it's like, let's stop what we're doing. Let's pray about it. Let's, you know, talk life into this. Let's work through this. And I think there's so much power that Jesus gives us in that. Yeah, and it's like kind of our story is what a big part of it was is we just decided we needed to be surround ourselves with like-minded people, you know, and I think we all came to that point. I feel comfortable saying that for you all too. It's like you guys chose one day. It's like it's who you're hanging around with, and we just we were hanging around for a while with the wrong bunch, and it's just it's what takes us into this next season that we'd love to share with you guys too is is you just have to constantly surround yourself with people that are after God's heart the way you are or after things of the ministry, things of, of the world. I mean, not of the world, you know. I think it's what helps, keeps us fed as well, right? Like we have our Sundays, we have our small groups, we have the word, but it's living that life with believers that help keep us afloat, that help us know that if, even in our dark valleys and our hard times, like there is a light at the end of that. That is so true, too, because with our new small group that we have here in Texas, a few of the ladies I've spoken to who, you know, are still surrounded with some of their best friends that they grew up with, they will tell me, like, now that their heart has changed, that's just not enough for them anymore. Like, they still love these women in their life that they grew up with, but they start clinging to the ladies of our small group because our... um, foundations are the same you know what we our interests are the same our beliefs are the same um having the lord in all of our lives it just it's different it changes you definitely different yeah yeah when i mean it's like when you're going through a hard time or like you need somebody's advice like you want somebody who's going to lift you up and encourage you and you know in the way in what the the way that the Lord wants us to go, yeah. you know, like depend on him, call out on him, you know, and it's hard when they don't have like the same mindset, same, you know, thinking because it's completely different, you know? Yeah. Or the same principles. I mean, our statistics now in America show that divorce is over 50% because people are choosing to call it quits before working on it. And we know as Christians, we're called to, to work on it. Like we are called to, to do better. And, you know, and I think I can't speak for being a wife, but, you know, being a, a husband and a dad, like knowing that I have people that I can call for that biblical advice to be like, how do I handle this? How do I handle my thoughts or how do I handle my anger or my whatever? And having that that biblical man that can say, you know, this is what the Bible says. This is what Jesus did or says, you know, and I think it, it helps change everything. Well, like Jake said earlier too, having those friends that will stop and pray for you right then and there, you guys have been that for us. Like it's such a huge difference to have those friends that you say, Hey, I'm struggling. I'm going through this. That just stops right then and there and says, let's pray about it. And you guys have been so faithful in doing that. And I love that and appreciate it. And Jake and I have been striving to be that kind of people for our friends and for our family as well. Yeah, and I think it's just even, not even just praying and stuff like that, but it is like telling them, hey, I think you might be wrong in this situation, you know, like, or maybe, you know, that's not what God would do or how Jesus would handle that, you know, and it's just even that, like, you know, I, I think a lot of people are just so easy to just be like, oh yeah, okay, you know, and, and not say the hard truth. Oh, absolutely. And so I feel like we need those those friends who are going to be like, nope, unfortunately that's not what the Bible says to yeah. do. So. 
Or a wife that does that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, she sounds uncomfortable even just trying to say it there. Yeah, right. She's not even, not even a specific scenario and she feels uncomfortable. So you can tell that's not her strong point. <laughs> she does it so well though. Yeah. Just with love and grace. But anyway, yeah, we just want to thank you guys again for coming on and, and jumping into this adventure that we have no clue where it's going to go, what's going to happen. But we just, again, we felt that you guys, we've, we've known you for so many years now that you have such a strong testimony individually as a couple. And then what you guys have been doing the past couple of years. Um, and we just felt like it needed to make it outside of a living room or outside of, you know, those that know you and hopefully it, it makes it around the world. Thank you guys again so yeah, much for coming on. And um, like I said, we're super excited to have you all back on to share what God is doing in your lives. Yes. Now. And also our kids. <laughs> and your kids. Yes, absolutely. We um, would love to have Carter on to share her testimony oh, yeah. as well. Um, she's 15 and um, we're we're trying to convince her still, <laughs> but we're so excited to see um, what's got, what God has been doing in her life as well. And even same with Kinsey, like I think we'll see this more in the, in the next episode that you guys are on of just seeing your children blossom in their own faith. It is so encouraging that James gets to grow up knowing people like that, knowing friends like that, that it's, you know, we all have that common. We came to faith a little bit later or whatnot, but these kids are growing up with that foundation early. And I I love seeing that. And I can't wait to explore that and hear from Kinsley and Carter in their own words, like what God has done for them, with them and through them. Yeah. And it's such an amazing thing you guys are doing here that 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 goes outside of our two families, you know. So right. it's amazing that this platform has been entrusted to y'all to do this. And we stand behind you guys 110, 120%. And we just are so honored to be a part of it. And that's how we can do stuff like this because we have friends like you yeah. um, that stand behind us and stand with us in doing it. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. Thank you, guys. This is 11th Hour God. We'll talk to you all next time.